You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragons Certainty of Death, Small Chance of Success Mathematics episode with Jeremy. Just Jeremy alone this time. Uh, well, again for the mathematics episode. One, because, well, I don't want to torture the others and make them listen to this episode, but also two, because I'm here by myself recording. I have put out these episodes over a long period of time. So far, they're all related to a spreadsheet that I've been building over time to try and work out the probabilities of all the different events in the Middle Earth strategy battle game. Got to get used to calling it that. That's a bit tricky. I've been working on this spreadsheet quite a bit in my off time at work whenever there's a spare half an hour, an hour here or there. I'm okay doing it at work because a few of my colleagues and I have been working on some projects looking at how we can increase efficiency in in teaching. We're teaching mathematics mainly in using spreadsheets and other programs to get things going. So the explorations I'm doing, we've been able to relate back to work and help them out. So I'm not being too sneaky about it. It feels pretty good to be doing my hobby stuff there, but I'm also sharing the information I'm learning and it's actually really good. I've got to the point where I can get the kids to do a test in the morning and by the afternoon they've all got the results emailed out to them and the parents have as well and it keeps track of what work they've done and I've, I've got some fantastic stuff going we've also got all the results to get sent out to student managers so uh, that's neither here nor there for the for middle earth strategy battle game but it is kind of exciting for me to be to actually be gaining stuff from this in the real world as well today we're going to look at combining combat roles and dual roles uh, sorry, dual roles and wounding roles together to see what the chances of uh, basically something dying is. I've already covered just winning the fight. I've covered the shooting phase, I believe, and also wounding. I can't remember which order I did them in. I'll have to go back and look at those. So basically, I've got my spreadsheet going here. So if you haven't got the spreadsheet, I highly recommend you download it. Now, this time, there's going to be two options available. I've added macros into it. Um, I'm still not sure if it's the right decision, but macro is basically a little program that, that does something for it. So my macros basically change the number of profiles. So I've got it set when, when you open it up, it'll have one profile available on each side. But obviously you need more than that at times. You might have an Urukai and an Orc fighting against a Man of Gondor. So you might need two profiles on the evil side. So you change that up and the macro goes and adds an extra line to it. Now that line's already there. It's just hidden. So that's all it does. Uh, I've also got one that's when you press the default button next to the profile, it clears it up to basically a, a human profile and gets rid of anything silly about it. So any of the, the special rules. So I've got those going. The reason I'm going to put two out is because it has slowed down performance quite a bit. So these macros, I'm not sure if I've written them efficiently. I've got to go check through them. Maybe I can rewrite them at some point. But they seem to be taking up a lot of the, the space of the program and, and the memory. So uh, it might be better off, especially if you're on a slower device, to, to run it without it. Up to you. So I'll, I'll let that available both times. It looks slightly neater with the macros available, but it may be... Like if you're running on a, a device that doesn't have as much processing power, it might not be worth it. So that's up to you. Now, the reason I wanted to combine the dual roles of combat is we've got lots of attacks and weapons and things that combine both roles. So something like feint affects your ability to win the fight, but also affects your ability to wound. So at, at its basic level, it reduces your chance of winning the fight, possibly, and increases your chance of wounding. 
Now, it's not good enough just to look at those in isolation. You have to look at them together to see if they're worth doing at certain times. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Every one of the special strikes has times when it's worth doing. Some of them not very often, some of them quite often, but we'll go through those as we can find them out. To this episode, I was going to do lots of examples of of probabilities and things, but instead, I'm just going to stick to telling you how the spreadsheet works and what it means, so you can explore yourself, and then I'll come back and do another follow-up with some specific examples. A lot of listeners have put some into to me, and then I'll be able to to answer those ones and, and pull out some results. But at the moment, it's only displaying one result at a time, so what I have to do is grab those results, put them in a maybe another page of the spreadsheet to compare them. So that that's a bit of a pain. Maybe I'll find something more efficiently a bit later with that. Okay, let's get on to it. So I've opened up my, my spreadsheet. I've got my page. It's called Dual and Wound Rolls. And I've got basically two big boxes here. One is blue for the good. One is red for evil. Now, just use whatever for whatever. They're both identical. It doesn't really matter. I just called them good and evil this time just to differentiate so that we can actually see the difference. But I'm, I'm aware that you can play evil versus evil and good versus good. That's fine. So all the weapon options are available for both. The white boxes are the ones that you can edit. So you can change those. Some of them have a drop-down menu, so they only allow certain values. Others, you can put in more. Actually, I think they've all got certain values. No, no. Some of them some of them you can just put an integer in, a number. Uh, it will work with other numbers, so you can go silly with it, but obviously use numbers that exist. So things like your strength and your attacks, you can pretty much put them to whatever. So I can just throw my strength to... To 12 and it'll still give me a result even though that doesn't happen in the game because I've got it using formulas to work it out instead of like look up tables and things so try to be realistic uh, you can even put in th- silly things like strength 3.4 you wouldn't it doesn't mean anything at all but you can you can put those in it'll still calculate it'll still work it out because it's I'm using some mathematical modeling now what you've got your first option is number of profiles now the default is just one but you can go up to six. It is possible to get more than six profiles in a single combat. Now, what I mean by a profile is a single unit, so the same profile with the, the actual stats in the game, but with the same special weapon and doing the same role, either base-to-base combat or spear supporting. So I've got separate profiles for spear supporting because it actually affects some of the, the special strikes. For example, a will hits each model that's not spear supporting. So I need to be able to differentiate between which models are spear supporting and which aren't. Uh, You can never go and attack the spear supporting model. So I've got it so that even if the spear supporting model's defense is really high, it doesn't change it. I've also disabled the special strikes for the spear supporting model. So that's, if you've got, say, two models in combat, two warriors and Minas Tirith, one's got a spear, one's got a sword, that's two profiles. There was one spear supporting. So put up to six. I'm aware you can get more. You can get six models touching a basic infantry model. Bigger bases, you can get a lot more. And you can get spear supports in. But for for most people, that's plenty. Uh, I'm sorry, if you really need more, let me know. It's actually quite a bit to put in extras the way I've got it. And I'm sure I haven't done this the best way. But basically, I'm comparing every profile to every profile. So it's doing all the calculations. Say, good profile one, attacking all six evil profiles. Now... At the moment, you've got usually profiles of one. Go to profile six and just check that your number of models is zero for most of them because it should be. It should only be the, the profiles you're using should have number of models in there. So that's under profiles. There's number of profiles. And then 
if it's got number of models, that's what it is. Now, if you just got, say, two Warriors and Minas Tirith in base-to-base contact, you just say number of models, two on the one profile, because they've got the same profile. But I guess if you wanted to use a special strike on one and not the other, you'd make it two different profiles. The other global options are banner effect range. So we're looking at whether your any of your models, any of them, are in range of a banner or a banner effect, an equivalent effect, a Prince Emerhill or a, a Bard or anything else. I think one of the Ringwraiths, Knight, uh, Black Knight, no, Black, Dark Marshal has that effect as well. Elven Blade effect. So you look at it, if you've got a single Elven Blade or I think it's the Eastling Halberd or something else equivalent. I think the Carnish King's got that as well. Uh, there's a few a few models that do. If you've got that effect, you can tick yes as well. So if you've got one of those in. And then also if all models in the combat are shielding. Now, shielding happens, it's either all models or it's no models. So you can choose that. I've actually managed to put in the Oaken Shield as well. So if you wanted to make up a Thorin profile and have him doing the Oaken Shield, that's a, a special shield attack where you can wound as well. I put that one in. I will put other heroes in as well. That's really the only hero special attack I've got going there. So those are the first line. Then you go to each individual profile, and you've got quite a few options here to fill in. So it can be a little bit tedious, but hopefully you get pretty quick at it. Number of models, how many models are using the same profile? The fight value, self-explanatory, just the fight value, not the shoot value, we don't care about that, so just the fight part of it. Attacks, so how many attacks each model has. So don't try and multiply it now. So don't say if you've got two warriors in Minas Tirith, you've got two attacks. No, you've got one attack, and the number of models will take care of that. So two models with one attack, will the spreadsheet will take care of that. Then you've got strength and defense. The defense is of the model. So once again, if I'm putting my Warrior of Minas Tirith in, I put the Warrior of Minas Tirith strength and defense in there, and the spreadsheet will take care of it attacking the other models. So don't try and be too clever with that. Is the model spear supporting? Yes or no? Now, it's not that if that model has been spear supported. Spear supporting models use their own profile, so I had to use a separate profile for them in this case as well. So you can tick that, yes or no that they're spear supporting. It doesn't matter what order you do. So you can have your first profile spear supporting your second profile in base contact or vice versa. It doesn't matter. Is the model trapped or prone? So you choose no they're not or trapped or prone. Now the difference between trapped and prone is trapped you still get to fight. If you lose you're going to get double strikes against you whereas prone you cannot wound. So they're different things in my spreadsheet. So make sure you choose the right one. Then we get to the interesting parts. Weapons. At the moment, the options are single-handed, two-handed, burly, lance, or other plus one attack. So, plus one to wound weapon. Uh, I think some of them have that in there. I've just put that as a general one. I realize I haven't put unarmed, which I will add at some update in the future. So, you may get unarmed or you may not at some point when I get a chance I'll put that in. Then you also get to choose a special strike. So, you can choose the weapon type. So, you can go two-handed or single-handed or two-handed or burly. And then you could choose the kind of weapon you've got. So you could do uh, no special strikes, feint, piercing, bash, whirl, stunned. So you might, for example, have two-handed bash or a single-handed pierce. Then each individual model has to have an affected by shade option. So I've got that in as a yes or no. This is because the shade only affects models that are within six inch radius. So you might actually have a combat where half the models are affected and half aren't, or some number are affected and some number aren't. This is especially the case if you're fighting a big monster. So one side of the combat might be under the shades radius, the other one might not be. So you can choose which models are affected by the shade. 
Poison rerolls. I've got a few options for the poison rerolls. So there are a lot of weapons in the games that give you rerolls for poison. You can also use this for things like the Gundabads, uh, Hatred of Dwarfs, or I can't remember what that's called. Ancient Enemies, I believe it is. So it's either no rerolls, reroll ones, ones and twos, or all. So I think the uh, Shelob might have the all, where you have to reroll all wounds. I think some of the Assassins do as well. Sharon might. We'll have a look at that. So poison rerolls, you choose which kind it is. Then you're still going for options. You've got fury saves. So your fury save, you can either have no fury save, a six plus or a five plus fury save. If there's more options, I'll add them in later. I don't think there is at the moment. And then we've got blubber save. So blubber save is the once again another hero thing that I've added in there. The Goblin King is the only one that has this. It's either yes or no. So yes, you have the blubber save, or no, you don't have the blubber save. Unfortunately, I haven't put any weapons like um, uh, the ones that did ignore the blubber save. I will put the hero weapons in at some point in the future. I haven't decided whether to just put them in as a single hero or the hero profile. You build your own. So you might be able to select Thorin, for example. I'll look into that a bit later. Then I've got one more column, which I want to explain a bit about. This is called target priority. It's set as default as easiest to wound. Because most of the time in combat, you'll go for the easiest to wound. You just want to get a wound. You don't really care what it's on. So just say uh, my... Elf Warrior, backed up by Spear Support, has charged two models. One's an Urukai Berserker, and the other one is uh, a Wildman of Dunland. Now, oftentimes, I'll just go, I'll just try and kill the Wildman, because I know it's going to be a 4+, plus to, to wound. I'll go after that one, get the kill, and then later on, I'll take on the Berserker if I've got a spare attack. You can do that. But I might decide that, no, I think the Dunland Warrior will run away. The Berserker is much more scary. I'm going to target that. So you can choose a specific profile to target. Now, this also works with the special strikes. So, for example, I'm, if I'm bashing a model, I could choose to bash a different profile, which is very handy if you're up against, say, a Ringwraith on Felbeast or whatever. You can choose on my spreadsheet to target that, and it'll tell you the chance of the different models. So use that target priority if you want. It's, it's set default as easy as to wound, but you can override it to a single profile. Now, I might actually talk a little bit about what the, the problem with that one is at the moment. The problem is in a multi-fight, you might be against, say, a dwarf and, and an elf. One's got very high defense, the other's got quite low defense. It targets the easiest to wound. So it targets the elf, and it calculates based on the elf. So it might actually get to the point where your average wounds are pretty high. That one is probably overshooting it in the case. So if you're targeting a model, targeting the easiest to wound, and there's a difference between the two, it's not taking into account the high defense. I will add this in later. I'll have a think away about a way to do that. But at the moment, it's going to be slightly inaccurate in that case. Not by much, but it's enough that you might want to actually do a target priority and have a look what happens when you target the high defense. And the number will be somewhere between those two. So somewhere between the targeting the elf and the targeting the dwarf will give you correct numbers. And I'll work on a way to improve that. So I'm not happy that it's got that flaw in it, but it's not a huge one. It's not a massive number. And overall, it's probably maybe a 1% or less margin of error, but I would still like to reduce that if I could. So that's the spreadsheet. That's what we put in. So let's put some examples in. So I'm going to take my good profile. I'm going to do what I said. I'm going to take a warrior of Minas Tirith. So it's going to be number of models, one, fight three, attack one, strength three, defense. Let's give him defense six. Is this model spear supporting? No. Trapped or prone? No. Weapon, single-handed. Let's make it faint. 
So single-handed, faint, effect by shade, no. Poison, no. Fury save, no. Blob save, no. Target priority is the wound. That's all good. And let's make it backed up by a Citadel Guard. So I'm going to put in a number of models in my second good profile. One model, fight four this time. Attacks one, strength three, defense five. Is this model spear supporting? Yes, you betcha. So spear supporting on a yes. Trapped a pro, no. Single-handed, no special strike. And none of the rest are involved in it there. So I've got two models on my good side. Now, on my evil side, I'm going to go against, let's say, uh, two warriors of Khand. So my first one is going to be a fight four, one attack, strength three, defense four, not spear supporting, not trapped. I'm going to give it two-handed weapon, and let's make it a two-handed pierce. So we've got our warrior of Khan two-handed pierce. And now the next one's going to be a bowman. So let's go for one model, fight four, attacks one, strength three, defense four, spear supporting, no, trapped pro, no, single-handed. Uh, let's be sneaky and say it's got a fainting weapon. So we'll give it faint. And then no other difference there. So if I look at those two profiles, what I've got at the top, I look at my, my blue box for the good. It says here the good has a 58.5% probability of winning the fight. And then if I look down at the evil, evil's got 41.5% chance of winning the fight. So evil's winning the fight more often. And that's what you expect because the two-handed weapon reduces the chance of winning the fight. It makes it makes it worse. If I were to get rid of that two-handed weapon, so just get rid of that, I'll make it single-handed, I go to exactly 50-50. So I've reduced the chance of winning the fight. Then the probability of at least one wound, I've got this next column, I figure that most of the time one wound is enough. So the probability of doing at least one wound, I thought, is a pretty relevant statistic. So I've made that one the one I've chose to put in there. So at the moment, the good side has a 49.34 chance of at least one wound, which is pretty good, 50-50 chance. So this is, this is the total fight. So what it means is that if you're fighting this combat, about half the time you're going to be doing a, at least a wound, which is, which is really good, actually. The average wounds is 0.7. So average is a measure of center. What it means is approximately half the values are above and half the values are below. Some are exactly the same. So you get that. It means that half above, half of it. What we can do is multiply that by number of rounds to get expected ones. So at the moment, my average wounds is less than one. So if I wanted to make it one, I would have to multiply it by a round and a half. So that doesn't really make sense. It's not going to happen there. But it means I have to do more than one round to get my average to one. But that still means that half my values are going to be less than one, zero, zero wounds. Half of them are going to be above. So watch out for that. It's it's not a guarantee. Even if it says average wounds one, that means just about half the time. Now be very careful as well with average wounds. Oftentimes in our game, the chance of doing zero wounds is more likely. So even if the average is one, the actual chance of getting zero wounds is more likely. It's the most likely occurrence. So the reason is there's a wall there, whereas the other values will, will go up to the, to the number of attacks because every attack can do a wound. The zero stops there. You can't get below zero. So you get more values of zero. So oftentimes I'll see people roll dice. They'll calculate the average in their head and then be upset they don't get the average. The average is not necessarily the, the most common value. It's not the one that's most likely to happen. It doesn't, even if it's the most common, it's not always the one that will happen. It doesn't mean it beats the rest of the field. So be very careful with that. It's a guide for it. It's a measure of center. It's the best measure of center we have for this one. 
but it's still not going to give you, it's a probability, it's a prediction, it's not going to give you that, and it's often below it because of the, the way our dice work and our wounds work and our, our tables work and the, and the zeros, and I'll go into that more at some point in the future, I'm sure. Then I've got two more, and both of these are stuck at 0%, so chance to stun and bash success. I haven't got a stunning weapon, I haven't got a bash weapon, so you'd, you'd imagine it's 0% chance to stun, so that's reduce them to fight one, and um, I think it does a few other things, I'll have to look into that, and bash knocks them down, knocks them prone uh, in the same combat, so other people can, can double up their strikes. Then I'll look at the evil profile, and it's got a 41.5% chance of winning, 26.6% or 26.7 around it up percent chance of wounding so about a quarter of a chance of wounding doing a wound average wound is 0.3 so less than half the good side and then chance to stun and bash success once again zero so it's not looking good for our Khan warriors at this point in time now let's play around and let's see what happens if we take off the pierce so we take off our pierce no piercing it reduces straight away our chance to wound. So the evil side has a now a 19% chance of wound, but it's also reduced the good side's chance as well. So the good side's now down to a 35% chance of wounding. So that's quite a significant difference there. So at this point in time, piercing is not a good idea. So what it does, it's by, by not piercing, I've lowered the good chance of wounding by 15%, and I've, only, I've lowered the evil's chance of wounding by 10%. So if the evil model were choosing to faint, they're actually making it worse for themselves. Then let's drop out the two-handed. Let's just go single-handed. So we've gone for single-handed now. I've, we've dropped down again. So we've got 16% chance of wounding for the evil side. I'm, I'm doing this we because the evil side is the one making choices here. So 16% chance. But if you look up, the good side's got now a 30% chance of wounding. So that's once again reduced. So they lost 5%. And the evil side lost about 3%. So once again, the two-handed option was not the right option in this case. So the single-handed option is a better one. What it's done is overall reduced the chance of killing for everyone by, by not doing that. It's made the average wounds. The good side's got exactly double the average wounds. And that's because the evil side is going up against this defense 6. So they're going up against this defense 6 warrior. The good side's going up against defense 4 warriors. So they've got a better chance of taking it out. Now, let's just do something else. Let's have, for example, my Carnage King drives by. Let's make his banner effect range in range for the evil side. Suddenly, it's looking a lot better for the evil side. So at the moment now, the good side's got a 40% chance of winning the fight. Oh, 41. It's exactly 40.5. And then the evil side's got 59.5% chance of winning the fight. Good's killing at about 24. Evil's killing at about 20. So... 20% chance. So once again, you can start getting this idea that you need to have the attacks in your favor, especially if like you've got this Minas Tirith warrior with the defense in their favor. It really does help out. But you're looking at this and you see looking at a, under about a fifth or a quarter chance of wounding. So most of the time, there's actually no kills happening for these fights. By piercing and doing things like that, you increase the chance of something happening. But a lot of times you'll get a draw. So you can play around with the numbers in that way. So now I'll just quickly explain what's happening with all the special strikes and how they would affect that, and then give you an idea of what we've done with the spreadsheet, how it calculates it and things. So first of all, we've got, we've got faint. Faint reduces your fight by D3. 
Now, the only time this makes any difference whatsoever and you need to roll is that if you're basically fainting when everyone's fainting, so you, you've got fight within a couple points range and everyone's fainting, or when you're ahead by maybe one or two and you've just decided to faint anyway, maybe even three. So you, you take the faint option. Uh, what it does is it allows you to reroll ones, which can be useful, especially on some very powerful attacks. So if you have things like a two-handed piercing weapon or a burly piercing weapon or... some Sorry, not piercing. You can't do that. It's just a burly weapon. Fainting can be very good, especially at high defense. So it's worth having a go at that. It's almost a default choice if you've got the low fight value. So almost everyone does it. It's very common. It's not a lot of calculation in that one. It's pretty simple, straightforward uh, attack. It just adds extra dice rolls in, which is annoying for, for not a huge amount of gain, really. So let's take off the feint in this last combat we did. So let's I'll just get rid of that banner effect. So we have, once again, the Ministerious Warrior with the Citadel Guard. Let's take off the feint. And let's take off the feint on the the single one, the Bowman from the Khan Warriors. So now we're looking at 28% chance of wounding on one side and 15% chance. So you're looking at 1% movement either way. It's something. It's really not a huge amount. So this special strike, you know what? I, I, would, I wouldn't mind if it just got rid of it. It's, it doesn't do a huge amount. I, I hear arguments that it speeds up the game, it speeds up the game, but I just don't see it. I feel like with the extra dice roll, you have to call it. You have to nominate the dice rolls. You have to uh, roll the re-roll the ones and that sort of stuff. I just don't see it being value whatsoever. But I'm off topic. Totally off topic here. Faint, that's what it does. Next special strike is Pierce. This is the most popular one because it seems the results are very obvious. What it does is it makes the combat more deadly. So if you win, if you're going to win the combat, it means you increase your chance of wounding significantly. If you're losing the combat, it means your chance of dying increases. So really, you want to use this when you can have a better than average chance of winning the fight. So when it's even, it basically increases everyone evenly. So it doesn't, it doesn't do, it basically just makes the fight more deadly, which can be good if you want to speed the games up, can be good if you want a result, can be good if you don't care who breaks, you just want to get a result, so pierce away. But ideally, you want to pierce when you've got the fight advantage. So, Basically, play around with the numbers, but piercing works when you've got the chance. You're probably winning, winning the fight is high. When that's high, so we're talking about basically 60, 70, 80%, then the piercing becomes incredible value. Once again, everyone knows pierce. So bash is one that I haven't used a huge amount. I know others from our group have. So I want to talk about it just a little bit, and we'll go through it in the next episode quite a bit to look at probabilities because I'm painting up my Iron Hills Dwarves at the moment, and I'm going to use bash. Now bash, when you win a fight, the model you chose to bash with gets to have a go at the other person's strength. You roll a d6, you add your strength. If the attacker used a two-handed weapon, they add plus one to it. If you equal or exceed the defender's strength uh, and d6 roll, you knock them prone. Now, this is good in that prone having a model prone is a good thing. It stuffs them up in, in future turns. Uh, it's non-lethal, so you can get some advantage in the game and then not have to, have to get towards a breakpoint or an endgame situation. It also means that you can help out your friends. You can knock someone down and someone with a nice big weapon can go in and, and take them out. So there are times when bash is really valuable, um, especially when you go against a mounted, like a monstrous mount. So you go at the the rider, 
bash, if you knock them down, the mount runs away. So things like a a fell beast or a Gorgoroth beast hate bash because it's it's a nightmare for them. So it's definitely worth having a go at. So I've included the bash success. Now, interestingly enough, if you if you've got equal strength, your bash success, you've got a better than than average chance of winning that. And that what it affects is it knocks them prone. So when you start teaming up with a friend, it might be worth doing that. If you team up with two friends, the bash starts to become value. So the more models you have in the fight, the more value the bash is. But I feel like it's valuable anyway because of the effect lingers on. If you knock a model prone, they stay prone. So it's definitely worth checking that out. And you can bash with as many models as you like in the combat. So that's good as well. So you can increase your bash percentage by bashing with, with lots of models. Obviously, it doesn't work with spear support. But you can keep going with others. Actually, it does work with spear support. I'll change that. Spear support models can't bash. I'll disable that. And then away we'll go. So you might get that updated. You might not. Too bad if you don't. Then the next one is Whirl. Now, Whirl is a bit of a joke of a special strike. It's very rarely used. The only chance that it's going to come into play is when you well when you win a fight with fight one. You really have to push this in your favor. You want to see if you can get a spear support. You want to see if you can get a banner effect. And... Possibly no, no. Elven blades doesn't help you. It's just a banner effect, a spear support, and then into into multiple models, and you might get some benefit from it. Usually you don't. It's a bit of a joke attack, um, so you can play around with the chance of that, and oftentimes it won't do anything. Yeah, it, it's we'll go into that a bit more in the next one as well. But the world, there's a reason you don't see it very often. Stun though is interesting. Stun is one that. You get to have one model can stun. Well, you can declare more models, but only one model gets to have a chance of stunning. It's basically a 50-50 roll to to stun the model. So reduce the fight value and something else. I can't remember. Um, I'll look into that. I think it might be attacks. So you stun a model, which can be really good for like heroes. I know that uh, David from the podcast, does this all the time with, uh, he uses Citadel Guard with the bash attack, also Hobbits with the bash attack, and basically, at a hero, he won't even try and wound them, he'll just try and, not bash, I keep saying bash, he'll use the stun attack, and then go to, to stun the model, to try and reduce their fight value, to try and reduce their attack. Now, this one's very simple, it's just a half chance of winning the fight, so, if you're winning the fight's 50%, it's 25% chance of stunning overall, can be worth doing because it's a long-term effect, especially if the chance of killing the model is really low. So you might as well just just stun. So sometimes it can be really good against against hit things that are more powerful than you. Reduce them and then go in next time. So that's worth looking at as well. So there's all the special strikes. I would encourage you to play around with the spreadsheet to have a go at it now. I will do some analysis later on. But I've, I've enjoyed putting it together. Um, next up on the spreadsheet, I'm going to add in uh, monsters. I've had lots of requests for monsters with things like Rend. I'm going to find a way to do Hurl, but it's probably going to be tri- like a trivial calculation. It'll be choose how many models that are within certain inches. Um, that might be a bit of a pain to, to put the calculator in. Maybe I'll do a range on it or something. And then to see, see what that does, uh, Rend is probably more interesting. I'll look at... Oh yeah, things like the Cave Drake's attack that that we can prove that that's rubbish. I'll I will add in might and heroes at some point. I'm not sure how I'm going to do that at this point. Like I can do the calculations, that's fine. 
but I'm not sure how to display it. I'm not sure what options to put in, how to give the person using the spreadsheet the option of when to use the mite, whether I just get the spreadsheet to tell them, if you use the mite here, this is what would happen, or what I'm going to do. Um, so that's going to be a little bit tricky, but I'll get that eventually. And I will do things like courage to look at. I know that a lot of people find that pretty easy to work out, but it's it's definitely worth um, having having a go at that and seeing that. Maybe do some predicted amounts of running away that happens when when certain conditions are met. And I'll play around with that. So the spreadsheet's going to be an ongoing work. So feel free to give me some feedback. I'm happy to change it. I'm happy to update it. It's by no means perfect at this point. Like I just do this episode, you you heard me find a couple mistakes here that I will fix up. But I definitely can fix it up. I'm never going to charge for it or anything like that. So don't worry about that. Just take it, share it with others. I, d- I don't care about that. And away we go. I know that some people don't like Excel for the, its display. If, if, if someone's got some, some app writing capabilities, I'm happy to, to go through and help them out, giving them some, some calculations of formulas about how to, to calculate things. So if someone wants to transfer this into an app, I'm happy to let them do that as well and do a, do a combined effort. But if not, it's just, I'm fine with a spreadsheet. I know it's it's not pretty, but too bad. That, that's that's what you're getting. You're getting numbers, lots and lots of tasty numbers. Uh, most of them will, will prove what you already know, but sometimes you'll be surprised. And we'll go into that next time about some of the surprises that I found personally. Thanks for listening. And remember, traps win games, as can be proven in this spreadsheet. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.